I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, and welcome to Vulgar History. My name is Anne Foster, and this is a feminist women's history comedy podcast. And this is the Tits Out Vulgar History Festive Spectacular, by which I mean it's a bonus episode outside of the regular seasons, but I can't quit you. I can't not provide some content for us all over this Christmas season, unlike any other. And so I was thinking, like, well, what could I do as a little festive event and then just like I'm sure all of you also have um in my calendar on my phone I've listed the birth dates and death dates and marriage dates and other important dates in the lives of numerous women from history so I can always see what what's a date commemorating what and I was like omg I know exactly what I can do for the tits out spectacular and that is to present to you the story of Latisse Knowles who if you see her name written out, it looks like her name is Lettuce, because it's spelled L-E-T-T-I-C-E, but in fact, it is pronounced Latisse. And the Christmas connection, I'm not going to leave you in suspense, is that she died on Christmas Day, but she lived and a good long life for her era, for ours, frankly. And it's a, I think this is like a nice festive spectacular type episode because her life was also like tits out for sure like that level of this fest is spectacular her life was spectacular she lived it all tits out and also it has a happy ish ending like again 
not I guess this is a spoiler she's not going to be executed I feel like she's not at any time sent to the Tower of London she just like did her thing and was amazing and if you look at on my Instagram I've put a picture of her and like she could not be more buttoned up so I just want to clarify as well tits out as a concept a philosophical concept it does not necessarily have to mean like tits out Francis Howard your neckline literally exposes your breasts at all times that is how Frances Howard expressed her tits out titness. Latisse Knowles, like she was like, again, she could not be more tits in. Covered up all the way to the neck and then a big ruffled collar and big sleeves. It's like all you, the only flesh you see is her face, like not even her neck, like not even her ears. But she philosophically lived her life in a tits out way. And so I just want to make sure everybody understands that you don't need to have tits to live in a tits out way. It's all a state of mind. So, um, I also want to, before I get into anything, because this is the most important part, my references. And so, Latisse Knowles, the first ever major biography, or like any biography of her ever written, came out just a few years ago. It's by Nicola Tallis, who's one of my favorite history writers. Her uh, She writes about women in history who I find very interesting. She has a great biography of Lady Jane Grey as well. And she also writes in a very, I would say, feminist way but also a very readable way. It's very like you're reading a story that happens to be factual. So her book is called Elizabeth's Rival, The Tumultuous Life of the Countess of Leicester, The Romance and Conspiracy That Threatened Queen Elizabeth's Court. That's a book with two colons in it. So it's it's a great book. And that's where I got all this information from because that's the only biography of Latisse that exists, frankly. And also, as an aside, so let me just see when this is from. Um, in December 2017, so three years ago, I saw on the store, like just in the like newsstand of like the drugstore, a copy of BBC History magazine, and it's done up. I'll put a picture of this on the Instagram as well. Um, it's done up. It, it makes me feel like um, Us Weekly or something. There's a big picture of Latisse, and it says Elizabeth the First Nemesis, the woman who stole Robert Dudley from the Virgin Queen. And I'm just like, what is this gossip magazine slash history? And so I got this three years ago, read the article, which is by Nicola Tallis, um, sort of to tie in with the book that she wrote. And then I got so interested in Latisse that I wrote an essay about her. I don't know if she would have been on my radar except for this like exceptionally amazing um, magazine cover. So I like that that's December as well. Timely. So this is like the third year anniversary of me knowing who this woman is. So her name. Letice, L-E-T-T-I-C-E. It looks like lettuce with an I, but again, Letice pronounced like the um, eyelash serum. So her last name is Knollis, or it's spelled K-N-O-L-L-Y-S, and I believe it's pronounced Knowles, like the same way as Beyonce Knowles Carter. So her name is Letice Knowles, although it looks like, and I said it in my head for quite a while, Lettuce Knollis. So her unusual name was, why was she called Latisse when everybody around her, as we all know, was all called Catherine. So she's born in 1543 and her name was a tribute to her grandmother, whose name was not Lettuce, but Leticia, which is the Latin word for happy, which I like. Um, and I think that sort of like casts her whole life in this. She was just like, you're going to love her. Anyway, so Latisse, she stands out. Firstly, because her name was different from literally everybody else. 
The only other people I've ever encountered in my history reading with the name Latisse are her literal descendants who were all named after her. So she was also the granddaughter of Mary Boleyn. So that would make her the grand niece of Anne Boleyn, who was already dead by the time she was born. This also makes her the first cousin once removed of Queen Elizabeth I. So Mary Boleyn and Anne Boleyn were sisters. They both had affairs. Well, Anne was married too, but Mary Boleyn had an affair with King Henry VIII. So Mary Boleyn had a daughter named Catherine Carey, and there were rumors that Catherine Carey was secretly an illegitimate child of King Henry VIII because Mary Boleyn was maybe sleeping with him around the same time her daughter Catherine was born. So officially, Catherine Carey was not the child of Henry VIII, but officially she might have been. So one way or another, Latisse is at least related to Elizabeth in the Boleyn way, but she might have been related to Elizabeth on the Tudor side as well. And I mean, everybody back then was related in all kinds of different ways, but however many ways they were related to each other, there was definitely everybody agreed that they looked a lot the same. So Latisse was born 10 years after Elizabeth, so she was younger. And she also had bright red hair, pale skin, um, and just sort of like a similar like high cheekbones sort of situation. So the thing, though, is that Elizabeth was sort of like handsome looking, and Latisse was like, cute and pretty so she was sort of like a prettier like elizabeth put through sort of a filter to look just like a little cuter maybe because latisse didn't have quite the onslaught of trauma for the first like 10 years of her life that elizabeth had anyway we know from the previous episodes if you've listened to the whole jane gray scenario season that elizabeth is not a fan of having younger prettier women around and latisse was not just a younger prettier woman she uh, was a younger, prettier relative and kind of a younger, prettier version of Elizabeth. She's like Elizabeth 2.0. What's Latisse's situation? So she was the third of 16 children. Her mother, again, was Catherine Carey. Uh, Catherine Carey being the daughter of Mary Boleyn. Catherine Carey being maybe Henry VIII's illegitimate daughter or maybe the legitimate daughter of Mr. Catherine Carey. Uh... So Latisse, though, so her parents were Catherine Carey and a totally average courtier named Sir Francis Knowles. So if Henry, this is just a side tangent. So the whole thing is like Henry VIII was like, I need to have illegitimate son or I need to have legitimate sons, etc. But meanwhile, and then the whole like he had Elizabeth, Elizabeth didn't have any children, his daughter Mary didn't have any children, but meanwhile this like potential illegitimate branch of his family was just having all of the children. So Henry had married Mary Boleyn instead of Anne Boleyn, maybe there would have been less of a crisis of succession, or maybe the problem was with him, and that's why he didn't have any children. In any case, so the Knowles family were Protestant, which was great as long as Henry was the king, um, but less appealing when Mary the first took over and set about uh, making England be Catholic again. So for a while, the Knowles, so again, Catherine Carey, her husband, Francis, and Latisse and the other kids, the 16 kids, um, for a while they lived in Germany with some of their children. They returned, though, after two months after Elizabeth took over and Protestantism became the religion again 
we don't actually know actually if Latisse was among the children to spend time in Germany. If she wasn't sent there with her like 15 siblings, she probably would have been sent to live in the household of her cousin, Princess Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth became the queen, she honored her Knowles relatives with positions in her household. So Latisse and her mother, Catherine, were both given roles as high-ranking ladies-in-waiting. Catherine became a senior lady of the bedchamber, which is, you know, super important. The closer you are to the queen during her, like, intimate moments, the more high-ranking you are, because you have to be so trustworthy. Latisse was made a maid of the privy chamber, so she got to help, you know, with the bathroom situations. Again, a very high-ranking position. At age 17, Latisse got married for spoiler the first time to a man who was 32 years old and he was named Walter Devereaux. This was, I mean, I would say definitely, but let's go with like almost definitely because who knows for sure. One of those marriages between families without consideration for like what, what does this 17 year old girl think about it? And I mean, what she probably thought about it was like, hey, this is a great marriage. Cool, whatever. But it wasn't like these two people fell passionately in love and got married. Spoiler, that comes later. So Latisse married Walter, and then she and he went off to live away from court. She only returned to court a few times during these years. She was a favorite of Queen Elizabeth. They were cousins once removed. Um, Queen Elizabeth might have liked her because she reminded her of a young herself because Latisse looked a lot like Elizabeth. Um, Latisse was written about as a legendary beauty. In 1565, the Spanish ambassador wrote that she was one of the best looking ladies of the court. And I feel like it's like an Anne Boleyn scenario as well in the sense of, yes, she's very beautiful, but I think she's also so charismatic. It like elevated her to look to be even more beautiful because of her cool personality. So Latisse went to visit um, Elizabeth, and she was pregnant with her first child, with her husband, Walter Devereaux. And apparently at this time, she flirted with Robert Dudley, so Queen Elizabeth's on-off, long-term, toxic boyfriend. Um, so he was probably just trying to make Elizabeth jealous so she would marry him, which she never did, but Robert Dudley... If you're on the Patreon, I did a whole podcast about So This Asshole, Robert Dudley. But basically, Latisse is just like gorgeous, pregnant, young, um, and Robert Dudley's flirting with her. Queen Elizabeth was real mad about it. Um, Robert Dudley also maybe killed his wife by throwing her down a flight of stairs. Not my favorite person in the world. Um, anyway, when Elizabeth heard that her lookalike cousin had flirted with Robert, she launched into a jealous rage. Um, and so Latisse, understandably, headed back to hang out with her husband, Walter, in their home in the countryside and stayed away from her cousin slash royal court for a while because that Elizabeth could hold a grudge, as we all know. Latisse and Walter end up having five children together. Uh, two of them are daughters called Lady Penelope and Lady Dorothy, both of whom were very cool, and they'll probably be in a podcast again later. Just Also, I appreciate that she had a daughter called Penelope, not a name that one comes across often in the Tudor era, or at least I haven't. 1572, Walter, Latisse's husband, was sent by the Queen to Ireland for like political reasons. 
and he stayed there for two years. And it seems like perhaps during this two years, Latisse took up with Robert Dudley for real, like not just flirting, but having a full on affair. When Walter was in Ireland, he stayed in a place called Kenilworth Castle and Latisse came and visit him every now and then, but they were like, you know, long distancing it. In 1575, Robert Dudley held a 19-day festival in honor of the Queen at Kenilworth Castle in Ireland. So for sure, Robert was there, Latisse was there, Walter was there because that's where he was living, the Queen was there. So they were all in the same place at the same time in a very dramatic, uh, soap opera-like moment. It was apparent during this 19-day festival that Walter and Robert did not like each other very much. And this was probably largely because rumor had it. So the two, Latisse had had two of her five children were born while Walter was in Ireland, but they visited each other. So it's not like impossible that Walter fathered them, but there's the rumor that Robert may have fathered one or both of these children. We'll never know for sure, but she did call one of the babies born during this period Robert, which is the name of the man who is maybe her lover. So that feels like maybe significant. And then, wouldn't you know, 1576, Walter Devereux died of dysentery. Note, there was a big dysentery epidemic going around at that time. And that's the one, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know where you'd correct me, but, you know, shout out, whatever. Dysentery is the one, it's like poo-based, where like, if you poo too close to the water you drink, you get dysentery. And dysentery is just like awful diarrhea, and you die. So there was a big dysentery moment happening. So it, on the one hand, it wasn't super weird that Walter died of it at that time because lots of people were getting it slash dying of it. But also, some people found it convenient the way the people standing in the way of Robert Dudley's love life kept falling downstairs or dying of dysentery with such useful timing. So remember the whole thing that Robert Dudley's first wife, Amy Robsart, died after falling down a very short flight of stairs and it's like did he kill her did she kill herself this whole thing um a lot of people assumed that robert had killed his wife so he could marry queen elizabeth and queen elizabeth is like well i'm not gonna marry you now you're a wife killer and it all didn't work out oh no right here walter died did robert dudley kill him i think so but based on nothing but just a gut instinct that robert dudley is that kind of guy so coincidentally a woman named Alice Draycott was at the same party as Walter, and she had shared the same cup as him. Not sure why they were sharing cups. She also died of dysentery, or the same symptoms as well. So was the cup poisoned? Was there dysentery in the cup? I don't know. So once again, everyone's just kind of like, oh, this Robert Dudley guy, are we looking at a serial killer? What's the deal? So he's put under investigation again for being a murderer again. And was again found not guilty, but I mean, the fact that the queen was his toxic on off long term girlfriend, you know, was he going to ever be found guilty of murder when everyone knew the queen left him? I don't know. So the sort of practice at this time was that so Latisse was now a widow, right? Hot young widow. And the sort of practice at this time was that a widow should wait at least two years to get married after their husband's death just to show you were like mourning him properly and it was just sort of like that was polite and two years to the day 
that Walter died of quote-unquote dysentery, Latisse and Robert Dudley got secret sexy married. So, why, why did these two get married? It was not for money reasons, because there's every reason to not get married. So, it, like, it had to have been love slash sex slash ambition. Like, they both really wanted this. This was not organized by other people for them. So perhaps Robert Dudley was like, well, I can't be with Elizabeth, so I'll just marry her 10 years younger doppelganger, and who was also very rich. Latisse, 33 years old at this point, gorgeous, the widow of a fairly prominent guy who left her some money. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Walter hadn't left her quite as much money as she needed for her and her children to live comfortably, including that he didn't leave them a house to live in. So Latisse and her children were just sort of like couch surfing, staying for a while in her father's house, sometimes with friends, just sort of wandering around, which was a shitty situation that happened a lot to widowed women. Because at the time, women could only own property if they inherited it from their spouse or their father. As Latisse had so many siblings, remember she's the third of 16, her family couldn't really give her anything. And Walter Devereux hadn't left her much either, potentially because he was mad at her for having the affair with Robert Dudley. Anyway, so Latisse, this is like backstory. Latisse was not the sort of woman to just like sit back and be like, well, I guess we're couch surfing forever. I have no money. The end. She went to court to plead with her, with Walter's executors to get more of his estate, arguing that it was in her children's best interests, not for her at all, and which it was. Um, after seven months of negotiations, she was granted more funds from his estate, which was great, except for Walter had died with substantial debts to the crown, a.k.a. the queen. So... Latisse went to her cousin and former good friend, Queen Elizabeth, to request that Walter's debts be forgiven. Elizabeth was like, yeah, no way, you flirting with Robert Dudley person. At this point, we're like flashing back. Latisse and Robert aren't actually married. This is like how they came to be married. So now Latisse, by now 34, she's been in the courts like wrangling with her dead husband's estate for a year. Gorgeous, wildly fabulous, widowed mother of four, younger lookalike of a gorgeous queen and someone in need of a house and some money. So she's just looking around like, where, what can I do? And here we have Robert Dudley, 46 years old, um, dirtbag, lifelong unrequited lover of Queen Elizabeth, possible multiple murderer, person who had flirted scandalously with Latisse a few years back, and who was potentially the father of some of her children. So both of them for maybe... For various reasons, they decided to get married. She needed basically a husband just so she could have like a house. And he, I don't know, he liked her. I don't know. Anyway, I i guess like in the absence of any obvious other reason, it must have been love. So it seems like, you know, like this is a very rare motivation, not in this podcast, because we're always talking about the secret sexy marriages of hot young people in love, but the thing is that for these two, getting married was actually an incredibly terrible decision. So, and what other reason is there for a terrible decision other than love? Because why is it a terrible decision? I mean, this, this stopped me if you've heard this before. So anybody as rich as them, especially somebody related to Elizabeth or who she was in love with, had to get the queen's permission to get married. Latisse and Robert had already witnessed how much Elizabeth freaked out at the rumors that these two had been flirting behind her back. And at this point, I don't know. I don't have the the timeline in front of me, but I feel like the Grey Sister situations have already happened here 
with Mary and Catherine Grey. So they just know like getting married when you're a relative of the queen without permission does not tend to go over well. Anyway, they knew that they couldn't ask for permission, so they had to get secret sexy married. So exactly two years after Walter died of, quote, dysentery, Latisse, Knowles, and Robert Dudley were married in a secret ceremony, September 21st, 1578. This was not a last minute, like, spontaneous thing. Even just getting their guests in town and preparations probably would have taken, like, a year. So during which time everybody kept it secret, secret sexy wedding planning, Elizabeth had zero idea. There were only six guests at the wedding, all of them family members. Even after the marriage, everybody continued to keep it a secret because obviously Elizabeth would lose her mind when she found out and maybe they thought they could hide the news from her forever. Not sure. But as we know, this was Elizabethan England. There were spies and courtiers everywhere spilling secrets. So it took about two months later, which frankly is better than either of the Grey sisters managed. Uh, the queen found out her favorite niece had married her favorite boyfriend and lost her mind. So Elizabeth apparently boxed Latisse in the ears, like hit her, punched her, like physically assaulted her and banished Latisse from court permanently and refused to accept the marriage even existed. Like when you were around her, you had to pretend Robert Dudley wasn't even married. Robert, well, just like nowadays, Elizabeth blamed the women, but found the man mostly blameless. Like she was mad and felt betrayed by Robert getting secretly married to her lookalike younger cousin. And so Elizabeth initially banished Robert from court too, but she couldn't stay mad and eventually allowed Robert back, but only him, not Latisse. So Robert got to hang out at court all the time still, being Elizabeth's favorite, but he had to pretend like he wasn't married and Latisse was stuck at home by herself. But Latisse was like, you know what? I'm going to make this work for me. I'm Latisse Knowles. Let's just do this. So she lived mostly with her Knowles relatives in the countryside until 1583. She was like, Elizabeth must surely have calmed down by now. Let me see. They got married in 78. So five years, five years after their secret marriage, Latisse was like, okay, can we all just move forward? Um, So Latisse decided to move into Robert's family home. But in fact, Elizabeth was not any calmer about any of this because she'd been doing a very good job of pretending Robert and Latisse hadn't gotten married and this house moving reminded her about this thing she was trying to pretend wasn't happening but there wasn't anything she could do she'd banished Latisse from court not from England and there's no way to stop her cousin from living with her husband Latisse and Robert had one child together a boy named Robert there's a lot of Roberts in this story just I don't even know make it a drinking game have a some eggnog every time I say Robert but only if it's a different Robert this is the third Robert because there was Latisse Latisse's son Robert Devereux there's Robert Dudley himself I know this is like Robert Dudley Jr. basically although this Robert Dudley Jr. died age three from old-timey reasons so as a clue to Robert's priorities like yes when he was with Elizabeth he had to pretend he wasn't married but he did manage to take some time away from being Elizabeth's boy toy to be with Latisse during the the grief of losing their son. So Elizabeth wouldn't let him go, but Robert was seemingly loyal and devoted to Latisse, as well he should be. She deserves complete adulation. So 
The Queen put Robert Dudley in charge of a number of military campaigns that he was not at all qualified to lead because she loved him. And it's very much like a Trump putting Jared Kushner in charge of stuff situation where you're just like, this person isn't good at stuff, but I like him. So let's put him in charge of stuff. Elizabeth also had the secondary motivation of potentially wanting to separate Robert from Latisse. In a series of events, I don't totally understand, but I'll just summarize here. Robert wound up being declared the governor general of the Netherlands. You know how that happens. And a rumor started spreading that Latisse was planning to head over to the Netherlands with an entourage and set up sort of like a fake royal court there, which she would act as like fakey queen, which was not true at all. But Elizabeth thought it was because she was ready to believe the worst of Latisse. And really, she would take any excuse to just, like, scream about how much she hated Latisse. What was really going on was that Robert was planning to hand over authority to Latisse to look after his affairs in England while he was away. And he only kept up the Netherlands job for two years, and then he came back to England, and then he suddenly died from malaria, probably. He and Latisse had been in the middle of a trip between their different houses at this time, so she was with him when he died. So remember the thing about, oh, sorry, R.I.P. Robert Dudley. So remember the thing about widows have to wait two years to get married again. And also remember how when women were widowed, they sometimes didn't have any money or a place to live. So basically, Latisse didn't even wait two years this time. She got married just six months after Robert's death. The reasons for this one are pretty much easier to figure out. Robert Dudley had died and left her with, surprise, a bunch of debt. This is the shittiest thing, like... I've come across this in other stories, too, where, like, men are in charge of all the money. Women can have their own money. But the men are bad with money and leave the wives with debt. These these assholes. So, Latisse's new husband was named Christopher Blount. And he was able to help her pay off the debts. Honestly, at this point, Latisse, 46 years old, really just wanted to be able to, like, live in one house and not have to couch surf all the time. Not have debts and just, like, relax, live her life. Christopher was about 10 years younger than her, and he'd been a soldier alongside Robert Dudley and also a friend of Robert Dudley, so I guess they knew each other. Because Latisse had ignored the whole wait two years thing, some people thought this was very scandalous of her to do, to marry this younger man after not waiting two years, but Latisse was just like, fuck off, I'm Latisse Knowles, I'm 46 years old, I do what I want, tits out, not literally. So at this point... Latisse had been banished from court for so long, she didn't even care anymore, which must have destroyed Elizabeth. Elizabeth, like, banished Latisse from court, and Latisse was like, cool, didn't want to be there anyway. Like, it didn't bother her. I admire that. So there's no point of her even returning to London. So she left the house she shared with Robert Dudley and moved to a new home in the countryside with her new husband, Christopher Blount. It is now 1597, which is what... Almost 20 years after her marriage to Robert Dudley had caused her to be banished. And Elizabeth was now like, "Mm, maybe I'm open to reconciliation. So she spread the word through like whisper networks. And so Latisse headed back to London for the first time in, what, 20 years? And she was granted a short meeting with Elizabeth. So at this point, Latisse, 46, Elizabeth, 56. And so they met, you know, older, wiser, maybe their red hair turning a little blonde, and but all that happened at this meeting was Latisse kissed Elizabeth and Elizabeth kissed her, but Latisse was still banished and Elizabeth didn't forgive her. So like, why did she? I don't know. The meeting was just maybe some sort of like power play. I imagine this meeting had a lot of meaningful glances. 
maybe some like foreboding sipping of beverages while looking at each other. And I mean, given the reputation of both women and how jealous they were of each other, probably some like amazing outfits. So the reason that Latisse got this meeting with Elizabeth, like why, right? This was a weird thing, was likely due to the intervention of her son, Robert Devereaux. So Latisse's first son, who is maybe secretly Robert Dudley's son, Robert Devereaux. So this is the one. So when Walter Devereaux died, remember he left her with not a lot of money and then Latisse went to fight to be like, I don't need money, my kids need money. Like Robert Devereaux was one of those kids. Robert Devereaux had grown up to become Queen Elizabeth's new favorite. So with Robert Dudley dead, Queen Elizabeth needed a new Robert around. And so she like, she chose Robert Devereaux. Robert Dudley's stepson. There's so much just weird stuff going on with like Elizabeth can be with Robert. So now she's with his stepson and then Robert can be with Elizabeth. So then he went with her cousin, like just a lot of lookalike weirdness going on. Anyway, so Robert Devereaux not unlike his stepfather Robert Dudley actually I feel like perhaps even worse than Robert Dudley like he just sucked he's awful literally awful so but the same thing Elizabeth sent him off to lead military campaigns and he just he literally Robert Devereux wandered off when he got bored on a military campaign he's just like "Mm, tired of this I'm gonna go like drink ale in the bar or whatever like at least Robert Dudley like didn't do that like Anyway, Robert Devereux, literally the worst. So he wandered off of a command in Ireland randomly and then got put in jail for being absent without leave. Like, like when I say he literally wandered off, I'm not using the word literally figuratively. Like he just like left. He just like peaced out. So Latisse, his mom, did her best to plead with Elizabeth to forgive him, including sending Elizabeth a gift of a new gown, which, you know good try elizabeth did like fashion a lot but elizabeth neither accepted nor refused the gown which was like the worst thing you know in terms of rudeness and apparently latisse trying to intercede made elizabeth even more mad about the whole thing and then this whole thing happened where robert Devereux conspired with latisse's husband christopher blount and some other things to do a thing called essex rebellion which wound up with both of them being put on trial and then executed for treason so Robert Devereaux, literally the worst. Um, and now he's dead. So um, he's executed. Latisse's husband was executed because they both tried to like turn on Queen Elizabeth. Like, nice try. God, it's like so many cool women in these stories and so many just shitty sons. And it's this shitty society where it's like, well, the sons are in charge of everything and men are more important than women, where it's like, but women are so much smarter. Anyway. So Latisse remained in London during the whole trial, um, and but you know she lost her son as well as her husband, a man who she referred to as her best friend. So now, I mean, the story keeps going. This is the thing. Like, how can there be more? The story keeps going. So, like, how much more wildly interesting stuff can happen in one woman's life? Like, quite a bit more. So. The thing is that before Robert Dudley married Latisse, so he's first married to Amy Robsart. Later, he married Latisse, but like between those two, he'd had a son with a woman named Douglas Sheffield, who I stan because Douglas is a cool name for a woman now, frankly, back then, a woman named Douglas, like I'm reading a story right now where the women are Douglas and Latisse after all these Catherines, 
It's thrilling for me. Douglas Sheffield, love her. So Robert Dudley had a child with Douglas Sheffield, um, who is named, guess what? Robert. That's our fourth, fourth Robert in the story. Robert Dudley just keeps having sons, calling them all Robert. Get over yourself, honestly. So Robert Dudley Jr.'s mother, Douglas, later in life claimed that she'd actually been married to Robert Dudley. So Robert Dudley Jr. was not illegitimate and actually legitimate. But the thing is that Douglas had also been married to someone else at the same time. So like what? What? Douglas, I admire her. She was like doing what she could. But it truly sounds like she was not actually married to Robert Dudley. And she was just trying to get some money, which I respect. Got to respect a scammer. And so Robert Dudley Jr. took Latisse to court saying that he, Robert Dudley Jr., should have inherited Robert Dudley's estate, not Latisse. So his whole claim was based on the fact that his parents were secretly married, meaning that Robert Dudley's marriage to Latisse was not legitimate because of bigamy. But again, Douglas was already married to someone else when she said she married Robert Dudley. And all that Latisse had inherited from Robert Dudley was a bunch of debt. So like, what was Robert Dudley Jr. even doing? Like, get it together. Anyway, Latisse finally won this case. And like at last, she can go two weeks without being in court for some like executor based thing. But guess what? Not so fast. She had to go to court again because now it looked like her third husband, Christopher Blount, had maybe messed her around when he claimed to be paying off Robert Dudley's debts. And so now Latisse owed even more money to the crown, like this fucking debt. Oh my God. And it's all just from her stupid god awful husbands. Like, can she live? So Robert Dudley and his debts took up far too much of this poor woman's life. Anyway, eventually Latisse won the case against Robert Dudley Jr. Um, in the midst of all this latest debt-related litigation, Elizabeth I died. And her successor, James I, was like, okay, what's going on? Latisse seems like really cool. Don't know why Elizabeth hated her so much. Why don't I, James I, just cancel all the debts Latisse owes to the English crown? Thank you. Thank you, James I. Finally, Latisse got to have some peace and quiet. Like, literally, finally. So she's, by all accounts, a loving mother to her children. She's especially close to her daughters, Penelope and Dorothy. Again, both of whom, very cool people. Muses. They did a lot of cool stuff. She had 18 grandchildren, of whom she was closest with the son of Robert Devereux, who was also named Robert. Is that five or six? Robert Dudley, Robert Dudley Jr., Robert Devereaux, other, I've, oh my god, I don't even know. Anyway, so grandson Robert, like everyone's just called Robert. Um, Robert Devereaux Jr. lived much of his life with Latisse, his grandma, at her country estate. Latisse herself remained in, quote, excellent health up until she was about 90 years old, and she was said to walk a mile a day. Frankly, if you are 90 years old and you're walking a mile a day like respect if you're doing that and it's like 1633 even more respect so latisse knowles passed away christmas day 1634 at the age of 91 following a quick illness so she was buried as per her request next to robert dudley in the beauchamp oh god how do you say it beecham in the beecham chapel of collegiate church of saint mary warwick so she's married, buried next to her second husband, Robert Dudley. Opposite their shared tomb is the burial place of their son, 
the first Robert Dudley Jr., who died age three. So Latisse was the Countess of Essex via her marriage to Walter Devereux, and then the Countess of Leicester via her marriage to Robert Dudley. And again, to learn more about all the details, because there's like, this is a, quite a saga. I know. So Nicola Tallis's book, I super recommend, Elizabeth's Rival. And it's been so long since I've done this, time to go on the scandalicious scale. So Latisse Knowles, in terms of scandalousness, interesting. So she was surrounded by people who were doing scandalous things like no one ever thought did she poison her husband walter Devereux? it was like did robert dudley do that to marry her she flirted with robert dudley elizabeth blamed her but i don't think a lot of the scandal landed on her at the same time she was banned from court forever for a secret sexy marriage which is one of the most scandalous things you could do i'm going to give her a seven for scandaliciousness scheminess I appreciate her scheminess. So firstly, just like the whole secret sexy wedding planning, and Elizabeth didn't find out about it, the wedding, like planning a wedding for a year to Elizabeth's favorite. And the fact that the wedding was kept a secret for two months speaks to some excellent scheminess. And also just the way that she um, bartered, like the way that she went, all her court stuff. And it seems like she won every court case. Like she's very persuasive. Clearly, I think... I'm going to give her a seven for scheminess as well. Significance, I think, is where she might lose some points because she is significant to my heart. When I found this issue of BBC History Extra magazine and I was like, Latisse Knowles, who's that? Like it truly sent me down a whole, a whole tunnel of just learning about all these cool Tudor women, these cool Berlin women. Significant to me, hi. Significance to like global world history. Not so much maybe. Like... The fact that Robert Dudley married her meant that Elizabeth couldn't marry him, but like Robert Dudley could have married anyone. I'm going to give her a six for significance because I love her. Her daughters, Penelope and Dorothy, did very cool stuff. And then her son, Robert Devereux, like she was surrounded by a lot of significant stuff, but she herself was not doing significant stuff. But tertiarily, vicariously, I'll give her a six. The sexism bonus for her is interesting because, you know, everyone gets at least a five always because that's just the bullshit you put up with from the patriarchy. But Latisse herself, like she was married at age 17 to a 32 year old man, which is, that was just kind of like what life was like. Hmm. The sexism, she's kind of faced sexism from Elizabeth who blamed her for Robert Dudley marrying her where it was like equally his fault, which is some bullshit. But, like, she found ways to thrive. And that was partially because she was, like, I don't know. Like, she was a higher class woman with all these good connections. But we've seen horrible things happen to women like that as well. So, well, that's, again, like, her scheminess, her cleverness. I don't think sexism was a major. Oh, my God. What am I even talking about? I was about to say sexism wasn't a major effect on her life. But, yeah, it was because she kept inheriting all this bullshit debt from all of her shitty husbands. And then she didn't have a house to live in. So she had to go to court all the time. I'm going to give her an eight for sexism. So let's see where this lands her. So that's 28 all together. And where does that put her on the full scale of things? This is quite good, actually. Frankly, um, she's in very good company with a 28 on the scandalous scale. Cleopatra has a 28. Lucy Hay, the spy, has a 28. Um, she's just below Catherine 
Lady Catherine Grey had a 29. And I think that's fair in terms of like the scandalous scale. Like Catherine Grey had more, she specifically did more scandalous things, I would say. Jail babies, etc. So Cisco uncomfortable with Latisse's placement here. She's above, she's above Francis Grey. She's above, yeah, towards the top, but sort of like the middle of the top. I feel okay about this. Like she's cool. I love her to pieces, but to get to the top, you need to have that significance. That's where Joanna of Naples, Agrippina, like they're like 30 plus. And that's, that's how you get those sorts of scores. So that was our festive spectacular. And again, if you're like, wait, what was the connection to festivities literally at all? Was that Latisse died on Christmas day. So that's a connection. And also her name means happy and happy holidays so my regular reminders of everything so i've just updated the recommended books list on bookshop.org so if you go to the link is in the show notes but if you go to my list on bookshop.org there's a list there of all the books that i recommend on this podcast including this one by nicola tallis the biography of latisse knowles super interesting it's really interesting in that rosencrantz and guildenstern way to like learn about the reign of elizabeth in that time period through the eyes of somebody who is sort of like in it but not really in it and also if you got some sort of like book gift card for festive celebration reasons um and you're like but i want to get a cool history book like you can look at my recommends there there is my teespring shop as per ever uh, teespring.com slash stores slash vulgar history to get all of your tits out merch if you want to support this little podcast slash me, and also there's the extra bonus episodes. So if you go to patreon.com slash Writer, and if you pledge there, then you get access to uh, every month. I'm doing at least one bonus podcast there. A lot of them are in the So This Asshole series talking about shitty men who I like to scream about. I've done one about Robert Dudley. I feel like I might want to do one about Robert Devereaux, who was like for sure i am gonna do one about robert devereux eventually anyway that's on the patreon um i just just posted also for december there a thing about oliver cromwell and how he canceled christmas did he cancel mince pies apparently that's like a big myth in the uk i had not heard of it i mean spoiler he did not forbid mince pies anyway um I have a website, which is annfosterwriter.com, which is where I put all my history writing essays. And you can follow me on social media, Instagram, Vulgar History Pod, Twitter, Vulgar History. And you know what? This is the last episode of this year. There's going to be a new season coming out next year. There will be a 2021 season. I am working on it. It'll be maybe January. I'm going to say February. But we'll see. That's coming up. And until then... Despite the fact that a vaccine is in existence, I think you all know that you need to keep your masks on, your tits out, and I'll talk to you all next time. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. 
The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine. Coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.